Okay, Tzorayim Tov, we continue in the Sefer by Yam Darkecha, discussing Shabbos Kodesh. We're now moving into the next section, which is called Erev Shabbos Kodesh. And we're going to begin on page Tzadi Ches. And Erev Shabbos Kodesh has, let's see how many chapters, quite a few. Six, even more, I think six. Six, six chapters on Erev Shabbos Kodesh. And we're going to start with chapter one, which is called Hahachanos Biyom Shishi. The things we do to prepare for Shabbos on the sixth day of the week is very timely because today is Thursday. Many people will hear this today or tomorrow, and we'll continue tomorrow with this. So it's very timely on how we can get ready for Shabbos. So the tzaddik begins, and he says, even though on every one of the days of the week there's the power to prepare ourselves for the holiness of Shabbos, still in all, on the sixth day, there's a unique power uh, to prepare for the Shabbos. As the Torah says with the Introduction of the manna to us in chapter 16 in Shmos. It says, And it shall be on the sixth day, You will prepare that which you will bring. So there is a unique preparation on the sixth day. And if you want to merit the light of Shabbos properly, the Arizal says, it's very critical that the sixth day is used properly. Okay, and if you want to come to Shabbos in a proper way, the sixth day is critical. So there's all kinds of preparations on the sixth day. The Arizal says there are all kinds of types of preparations on Erev Shabbos for the needs of Shabbos, whether they be in thought, speech, and action. So what is the thought, speech, and action preparation on Erev Shabbos? This is just an overview we already discussed that the sixth day of the week in general is a day of thought because we try to get the level of neshama ready to take in the Shabbos. And therefore, we have to think of holy thoughts that are focused on our higher level neshama to arouse our hearts with thoughts of being aflame with a yearning for Hashem, thoughts of nullifying us from our sense of self, and for those who are experts in knowing the special names of Hashem, which we're not, you think about them as well, but at least thinking of how much that you are bottled to Hashem. In action, you have to make sure to buy the appropriate things you need for Shabbos. And really, if it would be possible to do all the buying things on Friday. However, in footnote 9, he says very quickly, but it's obvious if buying things on Shabbos, Friday, and now you got to start cooking, and it's going to cause a lot of pressure, last-minute preparations, then you lose out so much from that. Better to do things earlier and fulfill your actions uh, in the earlier days. And what are you going to do for action on the sixth day? Is to prepare to clean the house. Yes? So we said the other day on Wednesdays. So what, what was Wednesdays? Uh, it's it's yeah. actions, too. It's actions too. There's all kinds of actions you can do. Okay. And uh, you, you don't have to do all the actions on Wednesday, but some of the actions um, 
that we talk about can be even done on, on the fourth day of the week. Okay, so let's just go back for a minute. Let's go back. But it could definitely be, be, you know, buying certain things, not leaving everything, or actions that reflect a person who believes that ain't old Milvado. And there could be any of those actions, you know, actions of kindness to others or things like that. Okay. Anyway, I'm losing my track over here. Okay, so that's action. And uh, one second. And whenever you buy anything, in general, you should always say, L'chavid Shabbos Kodesh, in honor of the Shabbos. You go to Sobeys, and you're going to buy things for Shabbos, a few times you should whisper to yourself, L'chavid Shabbos Kodesh. I'm going to the store to pick out a nice chicken, L'chavid Shabbos Kodesh. And, which means that the inner preparation is to recognize more and more the light of Hashem. And you have to express this with speech and with action. So too on Arab Shabbos, when you're dealing with all the preparations, whether they're for thought, speech, or action, in any days of the week, whatever you're doing, thought, speech, or action, it's always in your mind, say, L'Chavit Shabbos Kodesh. Because what happened, well, for the reason of this, okay, so again, by expressing this, what's happening is on the, on the final sixth day, all the work we're doing on all the six days comes together. Because the sixth day we said also represents the meat of Yesod, bonding. And Yesod means to take all of the light of all the meadows and gather them together in a one unique activity and where you can reveal all of that at one time. So we want to keep always mentioning L'Kavit Shabbos Kodesh. It should be always, uh, whatever we're doing, L'Kavit Shabbos Kodesh. You can't say it enough. Okay? Because the truth of the matter is, with the, and really when you're saying L'Kavit Shabbos Kodesh, it's also speech is involved. But you got to remember, thought alone, even though it's a very awesome power, and preparation of thought is very important, but it's not perfection. We got to bring it down to the realm of action of doing. So, for example, when you're thinking, you could have a great lofty thought, and and the highest, and nothing's going to disturb you because it's just a thought. So, what could stop your thoughts? But to merit to do the action, that's already another level. To take what you thought and put it into action, that's much harder. You need a lot more time, a lot more patience to according to your level, slowly, slowly. Because the rule is when you want to bring something down to complete action, that's a much tougher job. We know, we always think, oh, I'm going to do these amazing things. But when it comes to rubber hits the road, it doesn't always happen. So that's why you want to have really bringing everything together from the, from the five days that you've been preparing. And even part of the six, you want to bring it all together in thought, speech, and action with preparations in that realm. Next. We go now to the other aspect of doing Shnai Mikra Ve'echad Targum. Reading the Torah portion twice and once the Targum. Although we already spoke about the Chok Yisrael part, there seems to be other ways that this can happen. And this is dealing clearly with the, abs- with the aspect of Dibur of speech. When you say the Parsha twice with the Targum, 
as the Shulchan tells us, that for sure is using your speech for this. Why is this? The Arizal explains that why this is such an essential preparation for Shabbos. And he says this action of speech and learning, we have to read the entire parsha two times and one time the Targum. The Arizal reveals to us that when a person finishes reading the parsha, he now has the power of the extra power. He has the power to receive the extra power of Kedusha Shabbos. Once the Shnayim Mikra and Echatarim is done, you now are in a very good position to receive the extra light that's going to come on Shabbos. And Rab Chaim Vital explains about his Rebbe, the Arizal, he would not go to the Mikvah on Erev Shabbos until he finished Shnayim Mikra Echatarim, unless it was a very unusual circumstance. Rab Chaim Vital also says, and he'd always press himself, it's not easy to read the whole Parsha twice. And once with Targum, that's a lot of work. That's going to take more than an hour. But he'd press himself to do it all in Arab Shabbos. And he says, this is a big secret. When it says the meaning of, and on the sixth day you will prepare what you bring. And Reb Chaim adds one more thing. He says, except there was a bit, if there'd be a big thing beyond his control. Then he'd read the Shnaimik and Targum. And then uh, after he finished uh, he would do it into Shabbos. If he couldn't finish it, he'd do it, but he'd have it finished before his his Shachris davening, before, after Shachris davening, and before lunch on Shabbos. For whatever reason, he couldn't get it done before Shabbos, he'd get it done before he made Kiddush in the day. And that's what he explained for his children to do. So it's very interesting the Ariza only did this because of circumstances beyond control, and he wasn't able to finish it on Friday. But if you know what's coming up on Friday, it lets you know Friday is a very busy day. And there's going to be a lot of shalom by his problem. So I'm sorry, I can't help you because I have to read the parsha. Then we can take the advice of the Vilna Gon, who had a different approach than the Ariza, every day to do one of the seven portions. And then Shabbos, you have Friday, you do two portions. That's another way. And you'll certainly get the light if you do it that way as well. Darizal will say, better to do the whole thing on Friday. I guess Darizal didn't have to go to work for a living. <laughs> so he did a lot of things, but he didn't. He wasn't stuck to a nine-to-five job. So he can arrange that Shabbos is that he does that. But clearly the point is to have the Parsha done before Shabbos. That's the critical point. And therefore, you're certainly conforming to halacha, and you'll get the light as well. So you don't have to worry. If you don't work and you got you're retired, okay, then leave the whole parsha for Friday. But if you're working, then do a little bit every day. Now, what's the inner benefit of doing shnayimikrena? What are we What are we doing when we're doing this? So the first rule is whenever you read from the Torah, you already merit to receive the light of Hashem that's concealed in every letter. The Torah was written with Hashem's light. So obviously when you're reading it, there's light contained in there. But there's a unique light when you read the Parsha for this week because the light of this week's Parsha is concealed in this in this week's Shabbos, is concealed in this week's Parsha that is of this Shabbos. That's the light of this Shabbos is in Parshas Le'i, 
So you want to have access to that light, you better read it. The same thing for a yantif. You learn the halachas of a yantif before the yantif. The light is, is in the halacha, is in the parsha. So where's the targum fit in here? It's a big difference between the words of the Torah and the words of the Aramaic translation. Because the words of the Torah, that is, provides, that is called Lashen HaKodesh, the holy tongue. And therefore the holy light is in the holy tongue. And where is God's light really revealed? In the holy tongue of the holy words of the Torah, this week's Parsha. It's all a revelation of God. The Aramaic translation, we're going to say, is a midpoint. What do I mean? Torah is Lasha Kodesh. That's all Hashem's holiness. What about, uh, what about English? What if I, I, I read the Parsha in English? There's no holiness to the English language. Zero. It'll help you to understand the Parsha. There's no holiness. Aramaic is in between Lasha Kodesh and other languages because the orthography is Hebrew letters and there's a lot of similarities to that. It's almost like Yiddish to Hebrew, so to speak, but we're not going to compare them. Targum is much better. So it's like an in-between language. It's not a non-Jewish language, but it's still not Lashon HaKodesh. So it's like a concept that we learned earlier, something, there's Klippa. Klippa conceals completely something. You got to remove it totally. Then there's another kind of Klippa called a Klippa Noga. Klippa noga means an illuminated klippa. That sounds like an oxymoron. A klippa conceals. How could it be an illuminated klippa? So he said that's where the aspects of rishus, of the things optional. Torah gives you myths of things you should do. That is mamish the light. Things you're not allowed to do, that's full of klippas. What about optional things? There's a klippa that can become what you make it. Eating is an optional thing, so to speak. You can either, and there's a klipa there, but it's a klipa that can go in the direction you shape it. If you eat with the right thoughts, then you're taking that klipa and you're making it holy. If you have the wrong thoughts, the klipa covers up and conceals even more. So that's what we call the klipas noga. So therefore, when you're doing something that's an optional thing, you have to make the effort to sanctify it and bring it into Kedusha, and that's by using in a way that you're revealing light of Hashem in them and you elevate the Shekhinah even in areas that are concealed. Other things, like a pig, has so much klipa, there's no way you can use a pig in Avodah Hashem. Just get rid of it. Can't be involved with it. So after a Jew reads the Parsha in Hebrew, in Lashon HaKadosh, where the holiness Hashem is flying out and the, and the clarity of God is, is there, now we can go to Targum the Klippas Noga, and have in mind to reveal the light even in Gashmias, even in things where the, the light is hidden, but it can still come out. That's why I say twice the Parsha, because we've got to strengthen the light, the real light, and to consider it twice as important. And then we can go down to the realm of the optional to reveal things that are more concealed. And this is what we do as a preparation for Shabbos. Because that is what Shabbos is. Because on Shabbos, the whole world gets elevated and God's light is elevated. And we hope that when you leave Shabbos, even though things will be concealed, you'll be able to elevate it from there. So that's where two big things are happening with Shnai Mikra Targum. Number one, the light of this Shabbos is buried in here. 
and can be revealed in the greatest way or to reveal with difficulty. But that is actually what you're trying to do on Shabbos as well. So it's a tremendous preparation for Shabbos. And therefore, the Arizal would not, even, it would make sure get it done before Shabbos. You want to, we'll see, explain more in a minute. And if for whatever reason you couldn't do it, okay, try to get it done Friday night. Try to get it done Shabbos morning before you make the daytime kiddish. Okay, now something that will get tied into this a little bit. It's going to the mikvah of Shabbos. And when is the optional time to go to the mikvah of Shabbos? And a very interesting chiddish will come over here. There's a general idea. We generally don't go to the mikvah on a Shabbos until after the fifth hour because that's when the lights of Shabbos are just starting to come in. But we're going to see that's not absolutely true. But after, now after we did Shnayim Mikrav Echetarbam, and we've received the power to receive the Tos Shabbos, that extra soul of Shabbos, and we now have a power to bring ourselves into Shabbos, so ready on Erev Shabbos, we can add Kedusha into ourselves to start revealing the light and feeling it even it's a weekday. The lights are being, our Erev Shabbos, the lights are coming. When I finish being Maver Sedra, the lights now are actually here and I can begin to taste Shabbos. Not in the full force, but beginning to really taste of the beginnings of Shabbos. And that's when you should go to the mikvah after you read the Torah twice and Targum. Because now going to the mikvah, we'll see, gives you the power to receive the lights that are coming. And if it's a press situation, you could go to the mikvah without doing Shnai Mikra. And then the time to read it, to go to the mikvah, is from the fifth hour. Now, the, the author tells us, if you look in the wording of the Arizal, and he will say, very interesting idea. The real says it's really better to go to the mikvah as soon as you can on Friday. Why? To get the receptacle of the light even earlier. The earlier the better. And that's how you get enclosed in the wholeness of Shabbos. And that becomes your Tosefes Shabbos. You're adding on to the Shabbos. The Mitzvah and the Shabbos. There's different layers of adding on to the Shabbos. But once I've read the Torah twice and gone to the mikvah, I'm already in Shabbos mode. And that's a wonderful, and you want to do that as, as soon as you can. And he, Arizal says, if a person does it properly, you could recognize it on his forehead after he comes out of the mikvah. Wow. So anyone who does it earlier is better because he is revealing the light of Shabbos as soon as possible. <coughs> now, they say about Reb Chaim Chernovitz, the great author of Sidur Shal Shabbos, he was all Shabbos. And people say that when he went out of the, and he came out of the mikvah, he was a foot, it was a foot taller. So, okay, urban legend, this and that. So they once interviewed a lady who, an old lady who was alive when Rav Chaim Chernovitz was around. He says, really true? He was a foot taller? He says, I don't know if he's a foot taller. I can't tell you. But one thing I know, He'll say it in Yiddish and then in English. Kurt Gavain and Andra Menchingansen. He was totally a different person. He's already a Shabbos Jew. So that's why you want to do it as soon as possible if you can. Again, all, everything on what your situation is in life and what you can.
Certainly if you're on vacation or Friday would be a statutory holiday, you'd want to get it as soon as possible. So what's this idea of going to the mikvah after the fifth hour if you do it early as possible? The answer, if you look carefully at Rizal's teachings, he says, if you've done Mavra Sedra and now you're ready for the light, so go get it and go to the mikvah. But if it's those situations where you couldn't go to the mikvah, where you couldn't be Mavra Sedra yet, so then don't go to the mikvah until you're Mavra Sedra. Where are you not going to be Mavra Sedra until Friday night? Then you go after the fifth hour. The fifth hour, the energies come regardless if you're getting ready for them. But you want them to come earlier. It comes when you finish Shnai Mikra Vechotarvim. And if you finish it early, then you can go to the mikvah. And you can bring that in as much as possible. Now, the question now is, what is the kavano? What are you thinking about when you're going to the mikvah? So the Arizal writes, how many times do you dip in the mikvah, according to the Arizal? Two. Two times. The one is, as he says poetically, to strip off the weekly clothing of the soul. And the second one is to honor the Shabbos with the, to receive the extra layers of Shabbos, or we could say to put on your Shabbos clothes of the soul. And what does that mean? On the simplest level, if you're dirty, you take a bath. Simplest level, you're getting the dirt off. How about if you're clean already? Well, I'm trying to be extra clean. So that's the first kavana you have. When we talk about weekday clothes, clothing is a code word for mitos, for character. Because what really covers the the soul, not your body, your mitos, your mitos that come out. Now during the week, it's very hard to have the best mitos and therefore our clothing could be a little bit dirty, a little angry, a little lazy. We gotta take out those clothing, that clothing, wash it away, and wash ourselves from all the natural instincts that we have, which is the opposite of the will of Hashem. That's the first dunk, washing it all off, getting rid of all the terrible stuff. Second dunk is now to enclose yourself with your Shabbos soul, and that means with your soul being able now to internalize the divine light of Hashem and to recognize the total truth that ain't owed Milvado. Now you're putting on your Shabbos clothes. That's the whole idea of having nicer clothes on Shabbos on the weekday. Because the clothes is, they say clothes make the man. Well, really, the clothes represent the mitos that makes the man. That's what it is. The clothes make the man, but it's the mitos. And the Balshemtav writes one other thing. Before you go to the mikveh, you should break your heart in tshuva. Because we want to merit to purify ourselves. And what do we know about a kli cheres? What do you know about an earthenware vessel becomes tame? How do you make it pure? Well, metal becomes tame, you put in the mikvah. Other things become tame from the mikvah. But earthenware cannot be kosher in the mikvah. You have to break it. Smash it. It's no longer a tool and rebuild it. A Jew, a Yud, is not made out of metal. We're made out of earth. We are earthenware. So how do you purify? Make it kosher? By breaking our souls, so to speak. So we break ourselves to humble ourselves. So we break our heart. And with that, 
we are now repairing the physical part that gets over accentuated and now you're ready to go into the mikvah now for the rest of you the part of you that's physical klicheres there's no way to kosher it so you've got to break it that needs tshuva real tshuva then you go to the mikvah to take care of the rest of you that can be made whole now he's in the one of the footnotes spends a long time with the holy names of Hashem to think about the mikvah and a lot of it is very detailed, and you're not going to be able to remember. Especially the second dunking. But the first one's not that hard. So if you're already going to the mikvah, by the way, by the way, remember during Corona, when the mikvahs were closed, there is a bidyeved, a, a, a lesser available way of pouring nine kavim of water over the person can help to a certain degree, which that would be a shower. So even if you're not going to the mikvah, you can at least think about this when you're taking a shower. So in other words, when you're first going into the shower and let's say you're washing yourself to get rid of the schmutz, so you could say, that's like my first mikvah. And then when you're all clean, you know, just one more time, just to make sure like you're, it's like your second going in the mikvah. It's not the same as going in the mikvah, but at least for those who can't go to the mikvah, it's an option. So now what should you think about? Well, I always think about I'm changing, I'm getting rid of my dirty clothes. Yes. But what's the name of Hashem that will help you? The name is Aleph, Hey, Yud, Hey, which in the Hebrew word is Eheyeh, Asher, Eheyeh. I will be what I will be. That's one of the names of Hashem. I will be. Now, if you like a look at the word Eheyeh, Aleph, Hey, Yud, Hey, if you take the, every letter and spell it out as a word, Aleph is Aleph Lamid Faisofis, Aleph. And Hey is Hey Hey. And Yud is Yud Vav Dalad. And the next Hey is Hey Hey. Count it up, it equals the Gematra is 151. It's a good number to remember. 151 is the same Gematria as the word Mikvah. Mikvah is 151. Mikvah means a Mikvah, a gathering of water. Mikvah also is the word mikaveh, to hope and yearn. That's an easy one now. So what am I thinking about when I'm going into the mikvah the first time or shayat? I'm thinking of Ehiyah. What is this? That name of God represents yearning and longing and excitement and the power to make a lot of effort. Because Ehiyah means I will be. I will reach a certain place. I will be what I will be. Moses says, what's going to happen when the Jews got to eat? It's going to be bad times again. Don't worry, I'll be what I'll be. What I need to be, I'll be. That means, like, we're promising. That's what Hashem promised Moshe. I'll be with us always in every situation. Don't worry, don't worry, I'll be with you. And it gives the Jew a strength to yearn to return to Hashem. So this idea that Hashem will always be with us. You're never going to leave me, Hashem? Never. Oh, I, want, I want to connect to you. And that brings enthusiasm for the person. And therefore, what are you supposed to think about before the first dunking in the mikvah? With this word, eheyeh, is to make the mekave, the one who's yearning, the mikvah into a mikvah. Which means that when you're yearning and you're hoping that you'll always be with Hashem, that will make you the receptacle of a mikvah in which all the holy water can be received. And that's like the great light. 
So that's a nice, easy machshava to think about when you're going into the mikvah, when you are going, taking the shower and the first shower. Think, you don't say it, you're not allowed to say it in a mikvah, but you can think it. Aleph, hey, yud, Try to get the letters in your mind. It's 151. It's mikvah. It's makavah. And look, I want to receive now. Now's the time to receive. Just like the mikvah. It's just, what is the mikvah? Mikvah has to be a whole. That's all, it's nothing. Once the mikvah is completely nothing, and the minimum amount is 40 saw, and 40 saw is very small, it's just enough to crouch a body into the mikvah. And when you're bent over and crowded in, you're humble, you're ready to receive. So I'm ready, but first I have to clean it out. I'm cleaning out the evil, and that's the, yeah, I'm, I'm yearning. When I'm yearning, I'm trying to make space for Hashem. And the second time it's not that I made the space, it should come in for me. And on top of that, to break your heart before you go into the mikvah. So you should be doing a little bit of musr before going into the mikvah. If you're driving to the mikvah, maybe you download a class of trying to help us with tshuva. And think of doing tshuva. He also said the earlier you can do it, the better. If you finish being Mavra Sedra, remember? So better get a jump on the week. Finish being Mavra Sedra. Go to the mikvah. He says there's another benefit if you go to the mikvah early. You know what that is? Almost nobody's in the mikvah early. A lot of people go right before Shabbos. They're going to work. It's very busy. Hard to concentrate when it's out of noise. People are schmoozing and this. Really not supposed to be doing that in the mikvah. Mikvah is just contemplating and preparing to take in the holy energies of the Shabbos. Okay, we'll stop it with this. Tomorrow, Mir Tzashem, we're going to talk about tasting the food before Shabbos. We're going to talk about cutting your nails before Shabbos and washing and showering and sleeping before Shabbos. That's all aspects we're going to look at. All right, Shkoyach, everybody.